What would you do if you were laying in bed one day and you heard something go, Meow? Don't worry, it's spooky, right? It's spooky, okay? <laughs> Have faith in me. And then, if that wasn't enough, if that story wasn't enough to sell you on it, and then, for once, we finally answer the question, why does Bigfoot have big feet? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I'm currently sweating. It's in the middle of winter, which I don't know why that's possible, but here I am, and you know who else is here? Who else is here bringing in a sweat rag for me? One of our legacy Patreons coming into Dead Rabbit Command right now. Give it up to Cindy Parira. Everyone give a round of applause. Cindy's like, that's not how you pronounce my last name. Sorry, Cindy. Come wash me off. Cindy, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show really Really helps out a lot. Really appreciate it, guys. Now, Cindy, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirgible. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are headed all the way out to a little house in suburban America. Cindy's flying us all the way out to this little house. Now, this story was posted anonymously. The username is Corn Country Bumpkin. So I imagine it's somewhere in, like, Kettle Corn, Kansas, hanging out. We'll call her Bailey. For short. So Bailey is going to tell us the story about what's going on in her house. And we just walk into the house and she's sitting there on the couch and she goes, guys, I've been having some really big issues going on here. Now, this is an old house. And we're like, yeah, we, we figured it because the house is falling apart. The house is about 80 years old, but they did a remodel five years ago. And that's when Bailey and her family moved in. And her grandpa moved in with him. She goes, my grandpa suffered from Alzheimer's and he would do the typical Alzheimer's things, you know, forgetfulness and um, whatever. I'm trying to think of other things I've seen on television of people with Alzheimer's. I don't know, forgetting to take their medicine or taking too much medicine. He's doing all that, right? Which actually bounces out because half the time he forgets to take it and the other time he takes too much. You're like, Jason, that's not how medicine works. I hope you're not doing that with your medicine. Anyways. He would often talk to himself, which is a component of Alzheimer's, talking to himself. But the family started to notice something. He would stay up all night long talking to himself. Oh, Green Acres sure was the place to be. I really loved that show. And then when Mr. Ed showed up and he won the presidency from Herbert Hoover. And they're like, oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> he lost against Herbert Hoover. Mr. Ed went down in flames. And the family, as they're walking down the hallway, they would hear the grandpa like telling these stories and talking out loud. Oh, and that was the time that I got Adolf Hitler in a chokehold and said, you owe me $3. I guess he's not Abe Simpson. He actually was suffering from a horrible disease. The point is, is that he would talk all night long without my jokes, without my jokes, right? He would talk all night long. The family's weeping. They're like, oh, grandpa, we just hope you'll get better. Okay. Anyways, anyways, he's there. The story isn't just me making fun of elderly people. For the few remaining listeners, there is a paranormal point to this. They'd be walking down the hallway and he would be talking. And then as they get close, he would go dead silent. And they go, oh, you know, well, maybe he heard us coming. But then they remembered he has terrible hearing. He lost his he lost his hearing when Adolf Hitler beat him up. 
So he has horrible hearing. So the, and this happened all the time. He would talk late at night. And as the people, as the family was moving throughout the house, he would stop talking as they got close. And they started thinking, how does he know we're getting close? So they decide to, ex- they decide to experiment on their grandpa who has Alzheimer's. <laughs> they dress up as old timey people. They're like, remember me, grandpa? He's like, ah, it's Rita Hayward. That's not what they did. That's not what they did. They're walking down the hallway and they go, maybe he's seeing the shadows under the doors. So they removed all the night lights from the hallway. So he wouldn't be able to see them coming either. This, <laughs> There's a dude with Alzheimer's in your house and you're removing the light bulbs. Basically, he's like, ah, this is just like World War II all over again. Stumbling, bumbling down the hallway. They do it because they want to see, is he seeing us coming? And still, even in the pitch darkness as his family moved through the hallway... The old man would stop talking whenever they came near. Now, I know you have a couple questions. That's not the whole thing, right? That's not the whole thing, but I know you have a couple questions. One, how often were they up late at night? Two, why did they start running experiments on Gramps? Like, I would have just been like, oh, that's weird. He stops talking when I walk. I probably wouldn't even put a paranormal answer to it, but they're kind of insinuating that this is the beginning, or this is a sign that there's another presence in the house. Because what we have after that is we have a description of pretty typical poltergeist behavior. Uh, doors opening and closing, and weird noises. At one point, the mother of the household sees a figure downstairs. It's a two-story house, sees a figure downstairs. The grandfather eventually passes away, but the family is still living there. And this is where we get into the true meat of the paranormal story. Because this is something we like to look at on Dead Rabbit Radio. The obscure events. Doors opening and closing. We covered a story recently about someone, I think it was a kid who would talk. No, no, no. It was that episode where the man, that was a really creepy one too, where the man, his, he thought his wife was going insane due to the haunted house. And it was the same thing as he was walking through the house, she would stop talking. And I think at that point, one time he walked up to the door, and as he touched the doorknob, he heard a male voice in the room go, he's coming. And then he opened the door, and it was just his wife. So that is the hearing the voices and conversations starting and stopping when other people are coming around. That's actually in the lore. That's actually in the ghost lore. The reason why I wanted to tell this story, because it has a particularly creepy bent. It was three years ago. The grandpa story took place a while back, but three years ago, Bailey, Country Corn Bumpkin, is watching television in her bedroom, and she hears in the hallway outside, Meow. Now, she has a cat. She has a cat. So at first she goes, That might have been my <laughs> that might have been my cat. Ace deduction there. But something about the sound sent chills down her spine. She heard it again. Meow. What she was hearing wasn't a cat meowing. When I'm making this sound effect, meow, that's the sound of a man trying to sound like a cat. It doesn't actually sound like a cat. You guys understand what I'm going for. That's what she heard in the hallway. She heard the sound of a man imitating a cat. Meow. Dad, is that you? Bailey asks. Meow. 
is the only reply. It is the sound of a man imitating a cat. And she begins to yell, Dad, please stop, it's not funny. Meow. Dad, it's not fun. Meow. 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 Noise continues and Bailey begins sobbing and eventually she no longer hears it. The next morning, though, she asks her dad, Hey, what was up with that? Why are you in the hallway meowing? He's like, what are you talking about? She goes, I heard someone meowing. (laughs) He goes, you have a cat, right? She goes, yeah. But this was the sound of a man imitating a cat. It was the sound of a man saying meow. She said she could see the look on her dad's face become concerned. Because he wasn't up there. It wasn't him. Bailey posted this just a couple days ago online. She posted this. And remember, this story took place three years ago, hearing this meowing noise. And she was just trying to figure out, like, what could possibly be going on in her house with these doors opening and closing and this figure being seen. This man meowing. She posted this a couple days ago. It had been three years since she had heard the meow. And then just about two days later. She was laying in bed. Meow. She heard it again. For the first time in three years. The sound came back. She did this in a follow up post. She goes. Listen. (laughs) I seriously have a problem. I posted this earlier. No one could seem to help me. What is going on? She said not only did the voice this time meow like a cat, she said it also laughed like her brother. She went on to say, I think I'm just going to name it Steve and take a live or let live type of approach to it. And people were responding, yeah, yeah, it's probably a good idea. And I actually responded both. I responded to the original post and then this one. And if and I posted, if something is imitating, something is actively imitating a cat or your brother, in this case both, it's most likely not a benign spirit. A benign spirit doesn't have to trick you to come out. You're never going to hear like, come here, Alice, come into the darkness. And then you go in the darkness and Santa Claus is there, right? It's always something that's trying to trick you in. But she's like, no, I'm fine. I'm just going to, whatever's in this house is, I I would bet dollars to donuts that this is something negative. Why it's popping up again? Maybe it's because she gave it the attention online. Talking about it, it's chilling. The idea of something, if you heard a cat out in your hallway and you went out and there was no cat, that would be scary, right? But you could chalk that up. But a man imitating a cat, a male spirit imitating a feline, that's that's a whole other level of creepiness. You heard a dog barking in your backyard, or imagine if you heard a man going, Roof! 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 Which one is going to make you go grab the shotgun quicker? So hopefully Bailey's house is not too haunted, but the fact that this has been ongoing, the fact that she had them meowing three years ago, and then it was that was the only encounter she posted about it, it comes back, and it's imitating her brother, and seems to try to be on friendly terms with it, this is a recipe for disaster. I wish you the best, Bailey. 
But um, if, do not leave. I say when you get home, just lock yourself in your room and maybe do college online and get a job online and just live there forever. Because, yeah, there's something not good in that house. Cindy, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We're leaving behind Bailey's house before she gets too possessed. Follow them. And all these men going, meow, 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 are chasing us down the street. Ah, Cindy, go ahead and fire up that carpenter copter. We are leaving behind this horrific vision of the future. We are headed all the way out to Wingdale, New York. Why does Bigfoot have big feet? That is never really answered. And it's funny because I'm sure I've thought about it once or twice. But I don't think I've ever really thought about it. Why does It's almost a given, right? Because it's in his name. Why does Bigfoot have big feet? It's the only thing that he's known for. I mean, other than the disappearance and the ability to, you know, vanish into thin air. And, and you know what I mean? Like, if, if Bigfoot had regular sized feet... If it was a six-foot-tall walking simian that had... I, I wear, what, size 11, size 12s? If he had my size foot, which is just normal size foot, you never know he was in the woods, right? You would just assume it was some hippie dude walking through the woods. The reason why we... The only reason why Bigfoot is the legend he is is because of the size of his feet. That is notable across... The species, whether it's the Yeti or it's the Sat, you want to go with the general Sasquatch terminology or Bigfoot, he has big feet. That's what we find in the soil. Other than that, it's people seeing something in the woods, which they can never really verify. It's finding fur, which inconclusive, maybe. But it's the feet, it's the cast. Even if you found, if you went to someone and go, I found fur in the woods on a tree, you're like, everything in the forest is furry, bro. Have you ever seen a squirrel? But it's the big feet. But why does he have big feet? And this is a super interesting question. And we've never dug into it here. And I found a story. I found a story that explains why Bigfoot has big feet. Now, it's not some folk tale, right? It's not some legend about... And then he dropped two giant weights on his feet. And they flattened out. The end. It's an evolutionary reason of why Bigfoot would have big feet. Because I don't, other than their height, we're talking these things are like generally like eight, nine feet tall. You would need big feet to hold up. But what would be the evolutionary advantage to, first off, what would be the evolutionary advantage to be nine foot, nine feet tall in the woods anyways? It would actually make it very, very hard to maneuver through the trees. There are no, there are no nine foot tall bipedal creatures alive on the planet today. Jamie, Jamie, fact check that. As sure as I sounded in my voice, fact check that. Walking mainly on... You know, grizzly bears walk on two feet from time to time, but they don't run through the forest like that. So what would be the evolutionary advantage? And then you start thinking there would be none. You would need big feet to hold up a big height, yes. But Shaquille O'Neal in the woods, that's not... That, that, that'd be a hilarious movie. Him and Ice-T trying to outrun some guys trying to shoot them for sport would be great. But <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal would probably be taken out pretty quickly. Unless he could like just break a tree and use it as a baseball bat. So why are the Bigfoots so tall? What is the evolutionary reason why they're so tall in 
the Pacific Northwest, it, it doesn't make sense. So then you start looking at, well, if it's not evolutionary, maybe the Bigfoot is some sort of spirit creature. Maybe the Bigfoot is some sort of interdimensional creature. Maybe the Bigfoot is alien. But then you think, if he is an alien, if he's interdimensional, then he doesn't have to apply to these physical properties of having to need big feet because they're so tall. Because great aliens, their bodies just look like a total mess. Right? They got them skinny little arms and that tiny little body and that big old head with those giant eyes that you could literally just throw sand from across the room. Sand! And it's going to totally mess them up. My eyes! Because their eyes are so big, there's no evolutionary advantage to having eyes that big, especially if you're going on missions to a hostile planet, a.k.a. Earth. So why are Bigfoot feet so big? We're in Wingdale, New York. It's August 15th, 1957. In Wingdale, New York, there's a little camp. Camp on Awana. They're just walking around, these kids. One kid has a little trumpet. They have, like, banners and stuff. It's 10.20 p.m. It's actually 10.20 p.m., so I don't think they're having the powwow this late at night. But they were supposed to be having some fun, but what happened was there were these eight campers who got in trouble they were, being, they were trying to salute their shorts just a little too much. And the camp counselor goes, you guys, you guys go back to your cabin. You guys don't get to have any more fun tonight. Oh, really? No, this sucks, man. They go back to their cabin. And they're there. They're laying in bed. It's late at night. And their cabin has a giant, like, bay view window. Those big old windows. And as they're sitting there, they see a white globe like up in the sky they see like a white light flying through the night sky and it's flashing on and off airplane maybe right makes sense and they watch it for a while and it disappears over the horizon five minutes later they see two more of these and they can clearly see these aren't planes these are white circles these are like white orbs that are just kind of floating above the trees they're still far off. Still can't see them completely, but they just see these lights flashing on and off. And at this point, a bunch of the kids leave. There's only two kids left in this cabin. Did they leave to go tell a counselor? Did they leave to go change their pants? We don't know. But now there's two campers left in this room, and one of them's laying in their bed. We're going to call him Billy. He's laying in his bed. He's like, oh, I'm tired. Looking at UFOs. Boring. Call me tomorrow. He's laying in his bed, but he still has a look out the window. And then, with no noise, everything changes. About a hundred feet away from this window, Billy sees a massive disc-shaped UFO just floating there. And he's looking at the bottom of this ship. The bottom of the ship has like a circle of flashing white lights. And then the oddest thing happens. Something that we tend to only see in UFO stories or interdimensional stories. Reality shifts in such a way that it... You can't even really describe it. It almost breaks the brain. He said it looked like someone had cut away the UFO or superimposed an image on top of reality. However you want to describe it, he said the bottom of the UFO now became a sideways cut version of the ship. 
So, you know, when you have diagrams in books, let's say you have like, I don't know, like the Star Trek collector's encyclopedia or whatever. And it's a picture of the USS Enterprise. And they do a cutaway version so you can see all the floors and you see where the turbo lifts go and the Jeffrey tubes and all that stuff. He's looking at that, but he's looking at the bottom of the UFO, but now he's seeing a side cutaway version as if he was looking at it on its side. Again, it's just such a weird... We see this when we talk about interdimensional constructs. We see these type of images. He's looking at the bottom of it, but what he's seeing is the side view of the UFO cut away. So what to get to get to the point, he's looking now inside the UFO and he sees there's a circular control panel. There's a circular control screen, which would make sense because the ship itself is disc shaped. And then sitting there, there's only two pilots. There's two Bigfoots sitting at the control station. He said they were 9 to 10 feet tall with shaggy hair. It was golden orange with a bit of tan in there as well. Sounds like a very majestic looking creature. Not the dirty earth ones, right? This golden orange tan fur. And he said the fingers were also covered in hair, but you could tell that it had pink skin underneath the fur. He also said that the Bigfoots had... Big pink circles around their eyeballs. And they were wearing goggles. Like flight goggles. But even the goggles still didn't cover up all of the pink circles. That were not covered by hair on the face. And he's watching these two Bigfoot creatures control this craft. Each of them have this rectangular control stick. They just kind of... It's almost like a... uh, it, there's a stick that comes out of the ground, and then attached to that is a big rectangular bar, and they're using that to kind of steady the ship. And both of them are doing it at the same time. And he sees one of the Bigfoot start to turn and look directly at Billy laying in bed. And he says, as this Bigfoot's looking at me, it had piercing blue eyes. Also had sharp fangs protruding from its upper lip. Looked like a beast, but he said it also gave him the impression of a super intelligent Borneo orangutan. Those are his exact words. That's what he got from its. That he goes. That's exactly what it looked like—a super intelligent Borneo orangutan. I'm looking straight out of this thing. But the way the ship is powered is with pedals. And he says, I'm looking at these Bigfoots, and both of them, underneath their little control panel, they had two pedals, like the pedals a organ player would press to go or whatever those pedals do, I'm not for sure. Make some sort of music. But the point is, they had these pedals These large pedals underneath their control panel. And both of the creatures, with their massive feet covering the pedals, had to operate them, just keep going up and down, up and down. Both of them, in synchronicity, were pressing these foot pedals the entire time the UFO was hovering there. He said, as I'm looking at this 
Bigfoot creature, I feel a psychic link to it. I felt connected to it. He referred to it as a, quote, eternal, indelible mind link, unquote. But right as he's looking at this Bigfoot and he senses this connection, the cutaway image is gone. He's now looking at the UFO. And within two seconds, it's completely out of view. Is this why Bigfoot, is this why Bigfoot has big feet? Is it, because listen, there's no evolutionary reason why it would have big feet. It actually would make it, it would be a disadvantage to it. It would be better, a creature that is a biological creature that is an undiscovered cryptid moving through the Pacific Northwest or the Himalayan mountains or something. You might be able to argue a Bigfoot, a Yeti in the Himalayas makes more sense because it almost works as like a snowshoe. But in the Pacific Northwest, in the swamps of Louisiana, in the, the deserts of California, wherever these Sasquatches have been spotted, and they've been spotted pretty much anywhere in North America, it doesn't make sense to be eight, nine feet tall with giant feet if you evolved. There's not the food source out there to provide for that. I mean, bears hibernate for a good time period because they can't hunt during the winter. So what are the Bigfoots doing? There's not enough food to sustain a creature that big. I'm not saying Bigfoots exist because of that, but I don't think Bigfoots are a biological entity. Now, I know there have been creatures that people have believed in and weren't discovered until the year 2003, like there was some little monkey in Tasmania or somewhere that people... The locals said it was real and no one ever saw one until 2003, or no scientists... I guess I should say. But they're not nine feet tall. They don't have entire television shows dedicated to hunting them down. There's no evolutionary advantage for a biological creature to be that tall in that environment with such big feet. And the big feet is the only thing they're known for. It's what separates them from a gorilla, right? People go, maybe a gorilla got loose in Washington. Well, no, the feet, the feet are big. I'm not denying that Bigfoot's real. I don't think it's biological. So then we look at that interdimensional angle. And like I was saying with the alien, the alien, the gray alien evolutionary-wise doesn't have to make sense because it may not even be from our reality or our time period. There's also things that its eyes are actually like that's some sort of suit that those eyes are giant protective covers. For, I mean, there's all sorts of things you can look at, but the the evolution of the gray alien doesn't make sense. And if it was evolved to be that way, it definitely wouldn't make sense to come to Earth where they're so fragile, right? Pretty much half the wildlife on Earth could kill a gray alien. So if you look at the reason Bigfoot has big feet and it's an interdimensional thing, there's more giveaway, but maybe they have big feet to pilot their ships. I mean, I know this might sound... I know I'm talking about it in all of the series, and it might sound like one of the craziest things we've covered, but it makes sense. If the ships were designed like originally, maybe they had gray aliens, and they keep crashing these ships like Roswell. They're like, oh no! And the scientists are all designing new stuff, and they're like, oh, if we can only make these ships stop crashing. So they made the pedals a little bit bigger, and a little bit bigger. You know, that'd actually be really interesting to see if there is an increase in UFO sightings and an increase in Bigfoot sightings, and then a decrease 
decrease in UFO crashes, as if anyone keeps statistics like this, and to see that maybe the ships have to have giant pedals, so you have to have people with big feet to pilot them. Now, I know what you're thinking, Jason. I'm sure if aliens can build ships to go from Alpha Centauri to Earth, they could probably work on the pedal technology. Maybe they could have holographic pedals or something like that. You're right, but maybe not, right? Maybe they haven't ever thought of that. Maybe they go, listen, we can do one of two things. We can make a smaller pedal, and everyone's like, no. Or we can genetically design a monster to be nine feet tall with big old feet. And they chose that one. What's funny, though, is that as ridiculous as this is, as this theory is, is that you have to have big feet to pilot starships, this is the only only reason being put forth with any sort of logic of to why a creature would have such big feet. Now, I know the pushback is going to be, Jason, if you're 12 feet tall, you have to have giant feet. Sure. My pushback to that is... Why are you 12 feet tall in an American forest? That doesn't make sense. But I find it fascinating why the question, why does Bigfoot have big feet, isn't being asked more often. I, I'm pretty sure, I, I might have mentioned it once or twice, but I'm actually pretty sure I've never even thought about that before. I just took it as a given because it's in his name. But it's a really important question. Why does Bigfoot have big feet? It's it's really the main question, because if you can't answer that, then you have to start looking at maybe this is all fraud. You know what I mean? It's, it's the key to it. So although the craziest answer may be they have big feet so they can pilot starships, right now it's the best answer we have. Because any answer pointing to an evolutionary reason just opens a whole other swath of questions. How do you how do you have how do you consume enough calories to grow to be 12 feet tall if you're just eating squirrels and pine cones? You don't. Also, that's a good question. How come we're not finding tons of dead animals in the woods where these guys are at? It's not just every so often I came across the deer with rotted flesh. I mean, there should be like nothing in these forests. But what's funny is then you get to the argument that Bigfoot's a, a nature spirit, so it doesn't want to overhunt the forest. I'll buy that. I'll buy nature spirit. I'll buy interdimensional. I'll buy all that stuff because that gives you the wiggle room you need when you're talking about the paranormal. But if you go, no, this was evolved to be this creature, and it's been this height for hundreds of years, and its food needs have never changed, and its habitat has never changed, and all this stuff has never changed, and it has these big feet, that just doesn't make sense. It makes more sense to think that they're piloting UFOs around some camp in New York than it is that this creature evolved naturally. And I think this one... I think this version of the Bigfoot is more interesting anyways. Because if we ended up finding out that there was some gorilla running around Washington State for the past 60 years, and there was like, it it, it turns out that we're able to capture one of these things. It goes, whoa, since like 1945, there's been a a bunch of gorillas in in Washington. We never knew it. And they had these big feet. And one of one one of them one day went down to California and did a little walking pose, but it's just a dumb old monkey. It's a dumb monkey that's been walking around the woods. That would imagine if that was the end of the Bigfoot mystery. It was a monkey. Sure, cryptozoologists would get a big boner about it, and we would be excited too. But at the end of the day, it's just another dumb animal. 
wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be infinitely better if one day they catch Bigfoot and they're like, freeze. And he like turns around. He's like, me sorry, but me no freeze. And then he like throws down a ball and like jumps into a portal. This is like live on A&E. This was their Halloween special. And then like later on, like in the middle of Kansas, like this Bigfoot army starts marching. They like all these portals open up in Topeka, Kansas and all these Bigfoots walking through this portal, like flipping over cars and they're like throwing pine cones and squirrels. That's where all those pine cones and squirrels went. That's their weaponry. They're throwing them. No, run. And then like the military has to come in and they're like shooting all these Bigfoots and they're like, your puny bullets mean nothing to us. And then like these UFOs are flying and they're pedaling super fast. We can't catch up to them. Wouldn't that be infinitely more, not for the residents of Topeka, Kansas, you guys are screwed, but wouldn't that be more, infinitely more exciting then it just turned out to be a big old monkey in the woods. So if anyone ever asks you, why does Bigfoot have big feet? Which, again, I don't think people are really asking that question. I think people take it as a given. Because he's some sort of freak, some sort of monster. <laughs> Sorry to hurt your feeling, Bigfoot. I know you listen to this podcast, but... I think we should say, well, maybe he's from outer <laughs> maybe he's from outer space. If people don't already think you're crazy enough for talking about Bigfoot at work. And stuff like that. And you're like, by the way, listen to this podcast, Dead Rap Radio. They're like, uh, maybe not. You say, maybe he's from space. We need to start being more open to this other version of Bigfoot. Because the stories that we've talked about on this podcast, Bigfoot wearing clothes, Bigfoot coming from other portals, this Bigfoot having big feet to power a UFO, they are actually adding more to the mythos than it's a dumb ape run, running around the woods. Or maybe a slightly intelligent ape, or maybe he's clever and he can build traps and stuff like that. But who is Bigfoot? And before we get to the question of who is Bigfoot, we have to answer why. Why is Bigfoot? <laughs> this has become a very philosophical episode. If Bigfoot didn't have big feet, would he still be Bigfoot? These are the questions we have to grapple with. So when we do end up grappling a Bigfoot, we get in an octagon with him, and we're wrestling with him, we know who our opponent is. We know why he had big feet. Because he had a big heart. And he wanted to explore the stars. Just like we want to do here on Earth. Maybe we have more in common with Bigfoot than we thought. We also do both love eating tasty squirrels. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. And I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.